Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Yeah, if you're just tuning in, Scoot was unable to make it here today. He's fine, but he's dealing with some stuff that he'll tell you about when he comes back. I expect it'll be back tomorrow. But uh, for today, it's me and Coleman. And uh, somehow we got started on a conversation about bees. So I'm going to read a couple bee text messages, and then we'll talk a little bit about the Iowa caucuses. And after the jump, we'll be joined by Robert Hogan, professor of political science and department chair at Louisiana State University. Here's a text message that says, Ian, my uncle has hundreds of beehives that he leases out to avocado and almond farmers in California and is making upwards of one million dollars a month. One million dollars <laughs> <laughs> with bees, man. I gotta get some bees. I get well. I mean, I'm sure it's a lot of work running that bee business, but man, what a cool thing to be able to say. Like you're at a bar or a cocktail party, and someone's like, "Oh, what do you do?" <laughs> uh, I'm a, I'm a, what are you, an ape, ape, apiarist? I don't know what the word is. I'm a bee guy. Uh, here's a text that says, "I keep bees." They'll do fine with this cold. I'm more worried about varroa mites. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Yeah, that's the point I was kind of trying to make with Joseph there, man. Yeah, the bees are in trouble, uh, generally speaking. Uh, that's been the story for, I don't know, a decade or more now. Uh, falling populations and uh, lots of concern about the impact on the agricultural sector. Uh, but, yeah, I think they're they're not going to be bothered much by the cold. They're going to be bothered by the mites and the pesticides and the colony collapse disorder. Here's a text message that says, A prior caller had a great point, and it would make a great show. Honeybees, people need to be a little bit more discerning over use of pesticides in their gardens. Bees are more important than we want to acknowledge. Apologies for the late note. I am doing domestic duties, vacuuming. It's not all bad. My wife did not make me wear the French maid outfit this time. Well, you can't win them all, guy. Here's a text message from Edwa who says, Gentle reminder during these cold days, before getting in your car, pound on the hood and the sides. Animals like to crawl under the hood to stay warm. Also, please check on the elderly neighbors, uh, elderly neighbors or ill family and friends. Yeah, man, that's a... If you're driving to work and it's 28 degrees outside and there's icy stuff all over your door and it's really cold, the last thing you want is to turn on your car and, you know, demolecularize a raccoon or whatever. Uh, bang, bang on the hood of your car and make sure that there's no small animals hanging out in there. All right, it's time for the 210 News Bomb. Uh, usually we kind of go around the world and get some global headlines, but uh, today the news out of Iowa is such that we're basically... Just going to stick with that. So that being said, what are the Republican presidential candidates doing 
now that the Iowa caucuses are over. Donald Trump won big at the GOP caucuses in Iowa. Well, I want to thank everybody. This has been... Tonight, he's expected to rally supporters in New Hampshire. Ron DeSantis finished a distant second to Donald Trump in Iowa. DeSantis is visiting conservative stronghold South Carolina today. And then New Hampshire, which will hold the first in the nation primary on January 23rd. And then there's Nikki Haley. She finished behind Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis. She is eyeing New Hampshire. When you look at how we're doing in New Hampshire, in South Carolina, and beyond. She says her campaign has momentum. I'm Rita Foley. Uh, I guess you could say that. Yeah, the latest polling averages in New Hampshire, Donald Trump is at 43.5%. Nikki Haley within 13 points, polling at 30.6. This is a little bit wild. Ron DeSantis is only at 5.4% in New Hampshire. Good luck, Ron. Associated Press National Political Correspondent Michelle Price is reporting that the New Hampshire primary is a very different campaign stop than Iowa. It's a slightly different message. It's a more independent-minded state. It's a state where the voters are not as evangelical. They're not quite as religiously conservative. It's a state where some of the candidates don't mention issues like abortion restrictions as often. We've seen some of these candidates who have campaigned much harder in New Hampshire because they see that as more of an opportunity for their politics to succeed there. So Nikki Haley has campaigned particularly hard in New Hampshire, not as much as she had in Iowa. New Hampshire has a tradition of town hall style meetings where voters expect to be able to ask questions of the candidates. And that's how these candidates have been campaigning there. Some of the candidates, not all of them, but some of them have been also running television ads, but they're very expensive there because you have to run your television ads from the Boston media market, which is a very expensive market. For any of these candidates, a win in New Hampshire over Donald Trump shows that he's not invincible, that there is enough support out there for somebody else, and that maybe there's a path for another nominee. Curiouser and curiouser. Governor Pudding Fingers says he got a big boost after placing second in Iowa. They threw everything but the kitchen sink at us. They spent almost $50 million attacking us. No one's faced that much all the way just through Iowa. They, the media was against us. They were writing our obituary months ago. In spite of all of that that they threw at us, everyone against us, we've got our ticket punched out of Iowa. We represent a chance to reverse the madness that we've seen in this country, to reverse the decline of this country, and to give this country a new birth of freedom and a restoration of sanity. That's what we are going to do. You're down 30 points in Iowa, which I guess you could say that punches your ticket to New Hampshire. I don't know. You got to, what does Newell always say? You got to campaign in poetry and govern in prose. Nikki Haley says that voters do not want to be taken backwards. I voted for Donald Trump twice. I was proud to serve in his administration. But when I say more of the same, you know what I'm talking about. It's both Donald Trump and Joe Biden. 70% of Americans don't want another Trump-Biden rematch. I'm surprised it's only 70%. I think... Nobody wants a Trump-Biden rematch. Trump supporters, I don't know, maybe want to face Biden because he's perceived as being a pretty weak candidate. Biden supporters, maybe you want to face Trump because he's supposedly going to be a pretty weak candidate. 
Man, I don't know. Now this guy. In address to supporters, Republican presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy says following his fourth place finish in the Iowa caucuses, he is ending his campaign. There is no path for me to be the next president absent things that we don't want to see happen in this country. As of this moment, we are going to suspend this presidential campaign. I called Donald Trump to tell him that I congratulated him on his victory. And now going forward, he will have my full endorsement for the presidency. And I think we're going to do the right thing for this country. I think that he expects he's going to be hired by the Trump administration if he does indeed take back the White House in November. Probably expecting a cabinet post or something or maybe something posh like uh, an ambassadorship. That's a thing they give out. Uh, Donald Trump thanked his supporters. He made a call for unity. And of course, of course, he found an opportunity to lie about having won Iowa in the 2016 primary. Well, I want to thank everybody. This has been some period of time. And most importantly, we want to thank the great people of Iowa. Thank you. We love you all. And I really think this is time now for everybody, our country, to come together. We want to come together. Uh, whether it's Republican or Democrat or liberal or conservative, it would be so nice if we could come together and straighten out the world. This has been an incredible experience. The people have been, this is the third time we've won, but this is the biggest win. I want to congratulate Ron and Nikki for having a, a, good, a good time together. We're all having a good time together. Uh, I think they both actually did very well. I really do. I think they both did very well. I'm old enough to remember the Republican primary caucus in 2016. That was on February 1st. Ted Cruz pulled in 27.6%. Donald Trump had 24%. And Marco Rubio, remember that guy? He had 23%. So that was actually a pretty close contest. You may remember Donald Trump said ahead of time if he didn't win in Iowa, he was going to say that it was rigged. And he did, because that's just what he does. Now, AP correspondent Josh Boak is reading the tea leaves and exit polling and other ways of capturing what's on Iowa voters' minds today. The Iowa caucuses really belong to Donald Trump. About 6 in 10 caucus goers said that they support the Make America Great Again movement, which Trump started in 2016. Iowa's demographics also favor Trump. More than 60% of caucus goers are from small towns or rural areas. Most of them lack a college degree. Nearly half are evangelical Christian. All of these groups are core Trump supporters. The one area of relative weakness for the former president is in the suburbs of Iowa. Now, former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley has emerged as something of an anti-Trump option. If you look at her caucus goers, four in 10 voted for Democrat Joe Biden in 2020. Ron DeSantis, the Florida governor, finds his support primarily among people who are dissatisfied with Trump, but still willing to vote for Trump in November. Among younger voters, we see a slight edge for Vivek Ramaswamy in that he enjoys disproportionate support from voters under 30. This makes sense as Ramaswamy is a relatively youthful 38. Yeah, well, Vivek's not going anywhere today. Uh, meanwhile, Donald Trump's general election campaign is mostly going to be happening inside of courtrooms. He's back in court today in New York for a trial over how much more money he owes E. Jean Carroll for denying that he sexually assaulted her in the 1990s, despite having been found liable for rape by the judge in that case, and then accusing her of lying about her claims. E. Jean Carroll got a warm welcome from supporters in front of federal court in Manhattan. Yay! 
Some thanking her, calling her brave. Trump went in a special entrance with Secret Service. Tuesday marks day one of jury selection with opening statements to follow in what is essentially a second penalty phase of a legal fight Carol has already won. In May, a different jury awarded her $5 million, finding Trump sexually abused her in a department store dressing room in 1996, then defamed her two years ago, claiming Carol made it up. The Republican frontrunner for president, who just won the Iowa caucuses, continues to deny the charges and is appealing the first jury's verdict. Julie Walker, New York. Now, this is a story that is confusing and weird and a little bit sad and also frustrating to me. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, he has been released from Walter Reed National Military Medical Center after his prostate cancer diagnosis. Austin has been in the hospital for two weeks to treat complications from prostate cancer surgery. In a statement, the Pentagon says the cancer was treated early and his prognosis is excellent. This was all kept secret from senior Biden administration officials for weeks. A few days ago, President Biden was asked if he still has confidence in Austin. I do. The president answered yes when asked if it was a lapse in judgment. A review is underway. While Austin was at Walter Reed, the U.S. launched a series of military strikes late last week on the Iranian-backed Houthis in Yemen. Austin will be working from home as he recovers. Ed Donahue, Washington. I don't know, man. I'm kind of of two minds on this. You know, if you're going through a cancer diagnosis and cancer treatment, maybe you don't want the whole world to know about it. But if you're the Secretary of Defense, you have to tell your boss. Come on, man. In other weird political news, you may have been following this story, or maybe not, because it hasn't exactly been everywhere. Last week, the website Mediaite published an audio recording of comments made weeks before the 2020 election in a conversation between Roger Stone and a friend of his, former NYPD cop Sal Greco. You may remember Roger Stone was an advisor to the 2016 Trump campaign. Uh, he did not stick around there for long, but he has continued to be a major player in uh, MAGA world since then and uh, was being escorted around the Capitol by the Proud Boys during the attack on the Capitol on January 6th. During this recorded conversation, and there is audio of this, so if it sounds crazy and you think that Ian's just making this up, take five seconds and Google it and you can hear this audio. In this recorded audio, Roger Stone tells his friend Sal Greco, it's time to do it. Let's go find Swalwell. It's time to do it. Then we'll see how brave the rest of them are. It's time to do it. It's either Swalwell or Nadler has to die before the election. They need to get the message. Let's go find Swalwell and get this over with. I'm just not putting up with this anymore. In a statement to media, I, Eric Swalwell, responded and said, The Roger Stone assassination plot recording may seem like the ravings of a wannabe gangster. It's not. This is what Trump and his real-life thugs do. They try to intimidate opponents and will always choose violence over voting. Because I'm one of Trump's loudest critics, Stone put out a hit on me. This threat and other threats of violence by Trump and his supporters must be taken seriously by not only law enforcement, but also by my colleagues. Both parties, not just Democrats, must condemn this violence. Unity will always be the best antidote against further violence. This story is taking place against the backdrop of a couple reporters who are joking about President Trump possibly being assassinated sometime before the 2020 election. I think that's inappropriate and you shouldn't do that. And you should always be careful about hot mics 
if you're in the business. But these two stories aren't the same. Those journalists were making a joke in poor taste. Here you have a former advisor to President Trump and a major player in Republican politics going all the way back to the Nixon administration, plotting with a former law enforcement member to assassinate two sitting members of Congress. When we come back, we're going to be speaking to Robert uh, Hogan. I was about to say Robert Carroll, but that's not correct. Robert Hogan is a professor of political science and department chair at Louisiana State University. If you were listening to the show last week, we talked a little bit about the new Green Day song, The American Dream is Killing Me. There's another track off that album that I'd like to share with you today. The new Green Day album, Saviors, is dropping on Friday. I'm very excited about that. Here's Dilemma. Slaps! There's Billy Joe singing about his struggle with addiction to alcohol and his quest for sobriety. Coming back with Robert Hogan. I'm Ian Hogan for Scoot, BRB. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Sting, are you losing faith that the 2024 presidential election is going to be between anybody except Joe Biden and Donald Trump? A lot of people out there in the pundit sphere saying that Trump's big win in Iowa is going to give him enough momentum that the field is going to shrink pretty quickly here. We do have New Hampshire, Nevada and South Carolina coming up next. Joining me on the line right now to talk about Iowa, the rest of the primary calendar, and a little bit about redistricting right here in Louisiana is a professor and department chair of political science at LSU, Robert Hogan. Professor, welcome back. Thank you so much for making time today. No, nice to be with you. Okay, uh, let's just get started with Iowa here. What implications do you see for the rest of the primary race based on Trump's performance last night? 
Yeah, I mean, I think that it's important to understand that with this, this Iowa is, a, is, a, is the first race, it's the first contest, and a lot of attention gets put on it uh, because it's it's about sort of a, 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 an initial test of how people are doing um, with voters, and um, it's it's really about are the candidates going to, to, to meet or, or beat expectations? And going into this, people felt that Trump, you know, all the polls were showing that he was far ahead. And it showed that Nikki Haley and uh, uh, DeSantis were, were, were much further behind. And the end result is we see that, is we see that uh, Donald Trump won a majority, a slight majority, 51%. Uh, the support of caucus goers last night, and um, and uh, and Nikki Haley came in uh, second um, with about um, twenty-one. Well, actually, she came in. What did she come in? I'm trying to now. I'm trying. I'm, I've forgotten myself. Haley was um, third she, at nineteen point one. She came in third with nineteen, and then DeSantis had twenty-one percent. Correct. Uh, so, so you had, um, you know, you you, you had. A, Trump doing really well. And so, so in other words, it, it really didn't defy expectations. It met expectations. And I think it's, it's fairly clear that Trump is ahead. Had Trump not gotten that, had he only gotten 30 percent and Nikki Haley had you know nearly tied with him, she would have exceeded expectations and she would have gotten a bit of a, a bump. Um, the only person who – I mean if DeSantis had, had come in third – Maybe it only gotten you know fifteen percent or ten percent. I you know I think he would have he would be out of the race at this point. So um, it seems to me that that this was a race that confirmed what the polls have been showing, and it shows that that Trump is dominant um, at this point. Um, and you know the next contest is going to be New Hampshire next week. Um, and I I think there if if you see Trump doing very well there, getting a lot more than Nikki Haley. Um, I think that the, the election is pretty close to being over. Um, you're right. Um, Nevada comes after that, and there's South Carolina. Um, but soon after that, the beginning of March, you have on March 5th, the big Super, Super Tuesday, Tuesday where you get 16 states. Yeah. And, uh, and at that point, I think it will, it, will be, it will be hard for sort of the second and third tier candidates like Nikki Haley and DeSantis um, to compete when you're competing in 16 states, they don't have the resources, the money, the backing uh, to, to, to sustain a campaign for that long. So it seems to me that that what's happening is 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 Trump is 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 doing better than the others. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, it's, it's going to be difficult for them to catch up at this point. New Hampshire is critical for both of these other candidates. Uh, looking at the polling averages from just this morning at 538, mm -hmm. Trump is pulling at 43 and a half percent in New Hampshire. Haley is at 30.6. So only, mm -hmm. you know, 13 points behind DeSantis only right. pulling at 5.4%. Right. Uh, what happens if Nikki Haley performs really well in New Hampshire? It looks like she's likely to beat DeSantis for second place. Could this mm -hmm. mirror Bill Clinton's comeback in 1992? Mm -hmm. He pulls off a surprise second place in New Hampshire, becomes the comeback kid, creams everybody sure. else in Super Tuesday and becomes the eventual nominee and president. Do you see a path mm -hmm. for Nikki Haley to do anything like that here? Well, I mean, I think that's what she's hoping for. Um, it would, I mean, you know, candidates like Nikki Haley, I mean, this is sort of like going against an incumbent president um, in many ways. Huh. 
Um, so, so the dynamics are a little different. But they're hoping that performance in one of these early states – I mean, DeSantis, for example, he, he put all of his eggs in the Iowa basket. He visited – he spent more time in Iowa than, than most of the other candidates combined. Um, and he, he came away with not a whole lot to show for it. Um, but the point is he did that because he didn't have a strong organization, um, wide name recognition, and, a, and a, a following in a lot of different states. So Nikki Haley is hoping to, to overperform, ex, beat expectations in New Hampshire, and then use that to be able to go back to donors and say, look, hey, I have a shot at this. Um, but I think she's going to have to perform really, really well in order to get that, in order to get that uh, attention and have that kind of shot. I think the dynamics are very different uh, than when you had Bill Clinton running in 1992 when sure. there were a lot of little – I mean, there was, there, were, there, was, there was no incumbent that he was running against mm-hmm. in that sense. Um, so he was trying to stand out from the crowd, and he stood out from the crowd. Um, at this point, you know, she almost needs a knockout. And I think what her campaign has been waiting is for, for <laughs> Trump maybe to knock himself out or to have one of these, um, you know, many of the scandals and, and court cases that, that he is involved with somehow diminish him in a new way in the minds of voters. And then they would they would see that Nikki Haley would be an alternative. Um, but I, I, I think that at this point, that's going to be very difficult for that to happen. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think the candidates are well known at this point among the primary electorate. Um, people know what Nikki Haley stands for, um, uh, you know, or, or what what her campaign is about. <laughs> um, and they know what Trump is about and what DeSantis is about. And I, I, I think it's going to take some major some sort of major upset to change those dynamics. And I, and I don't see anything readily apparent. Excellent. Uh, Professor, thank you. We don't have a ton of time left, and I did want to make sure I got a chance to talk about uh, redistricting. I got an email from Kate Kelly in the governor's office this morning with uh, his prepared remarks that he gave to the legislature yesterday Mm -hmm. about this uh, redistricting special session. And the the tone that he struck uh, surprised me. I guess I don't know a better way to say it. You know, he talks in these Mm -hmm. remarks a lot about how as attorney general, he tried everything he could. He tried every possible legal remedy to uh, keep Louisiana from having to create a second majority black district. But now that the courts made the decision, he seems pretty pro uh, second majority black district. Um, I'm curious yeah. to know, is there any chance that this effort fails, even with the governor saying, hey, look, guys, we tried everything. And, you know, we, we fought as hard as we could and we lost. And the law is the law. And the court says that we need to go back and create a second majority black district. Let's get mm-hmm. it done. Do you see any obstacle to this happening or is it possible that this effort is going to fail in the first time out as it did in Alabama? Yeah, I mean, it is possible that they're not able to come to an agreement of what the district would look like. I mean, you have. In essence, one of the – I mean, it's the uh, the, the, the game the, – the, what's it, the missing – what do you call that game? Uh, the, you pull the chair out and so, someone is left the, oh, the odd like, man what, out. like musical chairs? Uh, musical chairs. Yeah. yeah, musical chairs. That's what it is. <laughs> and you, have, you have Garrett Graves and you have Julia Letlow. Yeah. Um, it's, it's coming down to one of their two districts is going to have to be sacrificed. And it's going to – I think, you know, if they can come to an agreement, not them, but if the legislature can come to an agreement – um, you know, one of them will be will, will basically be out of a seat. 
Um, and so it's going to, you know, whether or not they come to an agreement, it's going to have a lot to do with with how much each of those Congress members, you know, how much they're willing to get into this fight about it. But the alternative out there is that a federal judge who's who is a uh, a Democratic appointee gets to draw the districts if right. the legislature doesn't decide. And mm-hmm. I think that was what at least uh, Landry was trying to point out. If they don't do it, if we don't do it ourselves, they're going to do it for yes. us, and it's not going to be in a way that we like. Yes, of course. So it's, Jeff Landry is not out here saying like, boy, I can't wait to you know enfranchise more more black voters in Louisiana. He's just saying like, hey, look, if we don't do this, somebody else right. is going to do, do it for us, and the result is going to be probably less favorable. Far from optimal from a Republican perspective. Right? Suboptimal, certainly. Okay, um, so the Womack map, as it's sort of being talked mm-hmm. about now, Senator Glenn mm-hmm. Womack is proposing a map that protects Julia Letlow and mm-hmm. Speaker Johnson, Speaker Mike Johnson's right. district. Right. How do efforts to protect specific incumbents factor into this process, and what impact does that have on the overall fairness sure. of the map? No, no hu- hugely. I mean, it is it is who who is going to get. Um, uh, who's going to have a district that's mostly intact or is salvageable um, after this? And, uh, no, this is a this is a big thing. This is similar to what happens when a congressional district is is you know is lost by a state, and we've gone through that process when incumbents are are, are pitted uh, against one another. Um, so, I mean, they're going to bring all their you know all their um, power that they can bring to bear on on this, and then any. Uh, favors that they have <laughs> that they need to call in uh, from for, from fellow state legislators on this one. I mean, um, you know, the legislature is now very much dominated by Republicans. The question is, you know, who's a close, who's closer to to, to Letlow and who's closer to Graves on this? Um, Graves has, of course, um, r- ruffled some feathers among Republicans, and uh-huh. certainly in recent in recent months with his. You know, especially with Landry uh, in 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 backing a different candidate for governor and not being as supportive of Steve Scalise in his bid to be Speaker of the House. So um, I think a lot of the you know a lot of the the bad to the extent that there's bad blood sometimes within fellow members of a party. Um, you know, they, they, some of them remember where the hatchets are buried, and <laughs> they may be digging them up um, in days to come. I wonder, and I, oh, I don't know. I hope it's not irresponsible to speculate, but Julia Letlow's path to the state house was a little bit different because her husband Luke Letlow sure. was elected, but very tragically died from COVID before he could take the oath. So Julia Letlow, exactly. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know Miss Letlow. I've never spoken to her. I, I, I honestly don't mm-hmm. know too much about her, you know, career political pursuits, but. This is a seat that she just kind of tripped into. So I wonder if that is a sort of pressure point that could be applied against her to say, like, I mean, hey, probably, Julia, why don't you take sure. one for the t- you right. never really wanted right. to be here anyway. So why don't you just, you know, go work for a construction firm or something? Sure. No, I mean, I think that, I mean, you know, members of Congress who don't have as as strong of a, a, a tie as they've sort of worked their way up through the, the pecking order to, to run for these offices may have. A more difficult time. Um, I mean, that, that is true. But then again, there's also the idea that if you've been in Congress for a long time, you've also you've also uh, collected some enemies and people who who hold grudges against you. So it's, it's hard to, to, to always tell how that will play out. The other thing for the Republican delegation is, of course, uh, is that she is the only woman um, in the delegation. Yeah. 
And um, certainly, too, among Republicans nationwide, um, women are not well represented in the Republican Party. And uh, to redistrict her out would 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 you know, would have, you know, national implications as well. Yeah. So that's something that I'm certainly trying to consider. Not great optics there, man. Well, the legislators sure have a task in front of them. Uh, good luck. I hope they can get some nice sandwiches or some pizza in there during the special session <laughs> to help them work all right. this stuff out. My guest is Professor Robert Hogan, uh, professor of political science and a department chair at Louisiana State University. Professor, thank you for your time. You're working your way. We'll talk again. Nice talking to you. Bye-bye. All right. Take care, my friend. We'll step away here and come back with more of your phone calls. Richard is here. I can't wait to talk to Richard. Always something interesting going on there. I'll leave you with uh, this hit from the Allman Brothers Band. Despite it being freezing cold outside, and it's getting a little cloudier now, but generally it's a nice day with the blue sky. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 248 here on WWLAMFM.com and always live on the free Odyssey app. I'm Ian Hoke, senior producer of Scoot on the Air, sitting uh, sitting in for Scoot today. I expect he'll be back tomorrow, and he'll tell you what's going on. On the Oakland Art Jewelers talking text line here, that number is, of course, 504-260-1870. Here's a text message that says, Ian, I think y'all are making a flawed assumption. A majority black district does not mean an automatic Democrat district. They can easily carve votes out of other black districts and move them to Graves District. 50 plus one is majority black. Graves is pretty well liked and level headed. I can easily see him winning depending on how a district is drawn. I can also see Richmond's district becoming more competitive. Interesting. Yes. And the texture is correct. If you have a 50 plus one, 51 percent, you know, I think uh, I don't know how they do this. Likely voters or voting age population. I'm not sure exactly how they land on that 50 percent number. I'll have to do a little bit more research there. But, yeah, that does not guarantee that that seat's going to go to a Democrat. You could absolutely put up a Democratic candidate uh, who sucks and runs a bad campaign against a well-financed Republican candidate who everybody, you know, views as being generally competent and likable and has a lot of money. The Republicans probably going to win that seat, uh, at least out of the gate. It might not stay in Republican hands forever, but uh, the texture is absolutely correct. A majority black district is not a guarantee that a Democrat is going to win that election. Uh, James on the North Shore is here and says Clancy Dubos has come out and said that Jeff Landry didn't have to do all the other things along with congressional change. I think there's 14 other items on the docket for the special session, including changing the Supreme Court 
to add another black district. It's funny you mention it, James. Here at uh, WWL.com, lawmakers are proposing major changes for the state Supreme Court. Uh, they want to expand it in size. Senator Alan Seaboff from Shreveport has proposed a package that would radically change the Louisiana Supreme Court as we know it. Senate Bill 5 would allow voters statewide to elect each justice. I don't know a ton about how that would work or what the likely outcome would be. More research is needed. Here's a text message that says, let's face reality. Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis are auditioning for the 2028 election. They are not going to beat Trump. And Trump is going to beat open border, lawless Biden and his globalist climate cult socialist degrowth movement with their war on fossil fuels. Wow, man. Tell me how you really feel. Richard from New Orleans is online. One, let's get Richard in here. Good afternoon, man. What's going on? Hey, my brother. Happy New Year's, first of all. And to you. And, and glad to have you here. I wish really that you and Coleman took over permanently. However, we've been saying that Agent Orange Dinakine, Donald Trump, who worked for Putin in Russia, and also the Banana Republicans. I was going to say, don't forget the Banana Republicans, man. Oh, no, they tied together. They're the MAGA, MAGA Banana Republicans. Now, they're always talking about the voting. You just were talking about redistricting. He keep on claiming that he won the vote last 2020. Yeah. Man, how can you win a vote in the people's congressmen and senators won in, in, on the same ballot that you was on? You're not making no sense. Okay? If they won, how come you didn't win? Because mm-hmm. the people voted for you. Mm-hmm. Fox News, Smartmatic, and, and, and all this other stuff, they didn't got, they, they got liable to sue and just let up for dates uh, Smart Dominic uh, and all this in here foolishness. Now, here you go. You got people normalizing things. Freedom. Is not banning books. Parents' rights is not another parent don't have a child who needs gender-affirming care. That's that parent's right who has a child that needs it. What parent has the right that do not have a child in the game? I mean, we normalizing too much. Nikki Haley, Ryan DeSantis, man, y'all need to go ahead and sit down. Because y'all are, are, are weak, just like Agent Orange Don McCann is weak. He just know how to do the hocus pocus, make people think this and that, and they believe it. I'm gonna give me a diatribe. Give me a second. Okay, we're late, Richard. I got got sixty seconds, man. Make them count. Okay, I got it. I got it. Agent Orange Don McCann, member president. No, I'm not a member president because I'm a Democrat. Uh, uh, when I do run and run as a Republican, because they're stupid, I can tell them what they want to hear. Now, I'm in the president of 2016. Hey, y'all, I told y'all I, I was going to do it. Y'all may have a knock and shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue. Don't do no support. That's another hopeless focus move. Now, you tell me, hey, whatever you hear, whatever you see, don't believe it unless it's come from me. Hocus pocus. People have allowed themselves, evangelical Christians, for, 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 for Victor Orban and Putin, all this stuff is tied in together. Uh, I'm going to call it another time, but... It's a shame how we people hate America, but say they love America only when their candidate wins. Wow. I got to pause you there, Richard. It's very exciting. I feel like I have to go have a cigarette. We're going to take a break. I don't smoke. We'll be back with more of your calls and texts on the Jewelers Talk and Text Line, 504-260-1870. I'm Ian Hokin for Scoot. I'll be right back. I got a personal text here. 
Text not on the Okunard Jewelers talking text line, but a text on my own phone from my mom, who's in La Plata County, Colorado, and she says it's warmer here than it is in New Orleans. Well, thanks, Mom. At least y'all can go skiing. All we get to do is hunker down. I don't have time to take any more phone calls right now, but I see Frank and Metairie is on the line. Frank, I'll pick you up after the news if you don't mind sticking around a few more moments. After the jump at 325, I'm going to be speaking to Public Service Commissioner Devontae Lewis. I spoke to him last summer about his desire to stop utility companies from cutting off their customers' electricity during severe weather events. Well, here we are, and Entergy is promising not to cut off anybody's electricity during this deep freeze event. We'll see if these two things are related. That and more after we get you caught up with local, national, and global headlines. Here's the news with Chris Miller. I'll be right back. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 